<laughs> Take two. <laughs> uh, we'll start, I suppose, where we start every week. Shout-outs. Anyone got a shout-out? I got a shout-out. Excellent. Give it. This is going to be, for, for me, this is going to be very obscure. Okay. Ravi Jadeja. That's an interesting shout-out. Huge shout-out. Made my Wednesday night very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I don't generally watch cricket. I actually mm-hmm. can't stand it. Yeah. That's, what that, that, that's what I found out about getting your quickfire machine gun texts at about 11.30 last night. It was, it was, that was, he made what should have been a non-contest very, very entertaining to watch. He's an extremely uh, entertaining cricketer to watch. Very cavalier, it was isn't he? Generally, with the bat and the ball. Mm. He's, he's quite well, he wielded the sword thing too. I like that. So, um, but uh, MS Stoney. We're going to talk about MS a little bit later. It's, uh, yeah, what's the reverse of a shout out? Yeah, that's, out chat. Yeah, that's, that's actually an interesting question. <laughs> I just thought he was going a bit too slow. Yeah, we're going to talk about MS. But yeah, I just thought uh, Ravi deserted, d- deserved a, a shout-out. So There you go. Ravi. Ravi. Shout-out. Good stuff. Tim, you got a shout-out? Well, ironically, on a very similar topic, my shout-out was to Martin Guptill. Mm-hmm. And uh, Martin Guptill, four years ago in the World Cup, had a great um, series for New Zealand and didn't quite perform when it counted this time round. Hasn't had a great World Cup, but last night his run out, his direct hit that got uh, Mahendra Dhoni out. Um, and as was Ian Smuthy, Smuthy, Smuthy. So, so that might be the World Cup. Well, I, mean, I think he's gone early day, with the World Cup. but Well, you've got to get there first. Yeah. I think you've got he, to get there to win it. So. I, I think he, 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 people might have misinterpreted I think he might have been talking about India's World Cup. Yeah, that's yeah. I think mm. you're right too. I that think you're right. And I, and I posed the question, might have been to you guys and to the, I was on another group thread as well and I said is that the best run out in I'll say World Cup cricket history I think it's it, I actually said cricket history and Anthony Dallasola answered with no his his run out at Hart, Hartwell was the, the best he's ever seen I don't know where Hartwell is but yeah I'm going to need more context on that one so uh, I think that it's probably the most important run out well the Damien Fleming run out when we beat South Africa when we actually tied with South Africa and they only needed one run, which we've talked yeah. about on see, on this pod before. See, what wasn't as flashy. Well, Guptill's is more spectacular. Well, it is. But is the other one you're talking about a direct hit as well? No, he just rolled no. the ball like a bowling ball that was down when Aaron, oh, I know that yeah, one. Yeah. No, no, no. That, that, Alan uh, Donald just That's an important... Apart. That's an extremely important... Hey, no, I'm, that's Lance Klusner all that's the way. Lance Klusner. They had two he balls to play. We don't want to get into that. But Alan Donald's probably sitting there going... The fuck are you doing? He just hit it straight to Mark Wall. Uh, was it, uh, it was. He hit it straight. Mark Ward did the little back. Yeah, hand, you just and then straight. Fleming rolled it down the pitch. Lance, we've got two balls to go here. There's yeah. no run. Yeah. Anyway, but no, no. Guptill, um, given the stakes, given the moment, uh, and, and the actual hit itself, it hit three quarters of the way up the stump. Yeah. And, and, and he's pretty side on too. So yeah. he hasn't got a he hasn't got a great target and, and to hit. Richard Kettleborough's reaction. I don't know if you've seen it. Someone gifted it. Was really good. He's obviously square leg. Ball comes in. Bales light up. Tony's to the naked eye, you sort of went, oh, that's close. It wasn't in, in real time, wasn't good enough to go, oh, he's done. But you're going, wow, Kettlebrow's done the... <laughs> he's, gone, he's like, oh, that's close. Yeah. Kettlebrow's always gone, oh, he might have got him. He, for that moment, he was almost like the fan on the couch. Oh, could he have he's... dived? Uh, no. Yeah, he could have. Look, potentially. But by the same token, he's been beaten out by an inch? under an inch. Yeah. You know, so it's a pretty close run thing. But yeah. look, I agree. I, I think it's um, certainly off the top of my head. I can't think of any better runouts in one day cricket, particularly. Timing, I can't. Remember, timing was massive. Freddie Flintoff threw out. Was it? I don't know who it was in the two thousand and five Ashes. 
a really, I don't know if it was Ponting or I'm not sure who it was. Ponting, yeah. But he kind of picked it up. He, like a really important moment similarly was an amazing run out. Ponting's yep. done some rippers at one day level. and yep. But no, look, it was fantastic. Uh, my, my shout out keeping the international theme going, Elise Perry. I love Elise Perry. Elise Perry, best ever one day international bowling figures by an Australian. Took seven for 22 <laughs> as England uh, crumbled. On Sunday, um, and it actually that's uh, capped off. She wasn't quite as damaging with the bat as she has been in recent times, but you take seven for twenty-two, you bowl England out for seventy-five, you win the match by one hundred and ninety. Uh, they've taken a three-nil lead in the ODIs, so the the women's Ashes is structured a little bit differently with the points. They play three ODIs, a Test match, and three T20s. Yeah, okay. so Australia lead six-nil on points going into that Test match. And a T20 is worth one point. I assume, I assume they're one, and the test would be, I actually don't know, two or Might three. Be three or something like that. Um, yeah. But to sweep the English 3 0, uh, they, they put themselves in a terrific, terrific position. And I mean, as I said, to take seven for 22 um, in an Ashes match, you know, she's an absolute superstar. She certainly is. So uh, the only thing that's missing just at the moment is, as I said, her um, performances with the bat in the past have been ludicrous. So fingers crossed she can bring that to the table um, in the test match, which is. Pretty soon, I think. I think it's in the next week or two. Yeah. But that's good. Um, anyone else have another shout-out? I've got one more shout-out. Yeah, give us one more. You, you Twitter, Twitter listener John Slonham got in touch with me. Um, I'd spoken about the Kobayashi, Joey Chestnut, ESPN 30 for 30, uh, how I would like to check it out. And he got in touch and said he was able to watch it and sort of pointed me in the right direction to track it down. Uh, so I was able to tune in during the week and check that out. Very strange 30 for 30, very strange doco. Not that it wasn't good, it's just, just odd. Yeah, they interviewed the producer on the ESPN 30 for 30 uh, audio podcast mm-hmm. and um, just everything was very different to most of the other interviews that they've done. And You know, it kind of echoes though, they spoke to like the, the guy who was an old PR man, PR executive, and effectively took over and launched Major League Eating. And you can see he's an ad man, the way he talks and everything. And it's a very tongue-in-cheek, the whole thing. But the actual docker had that feeling about it. You know when you see these minor esports or competitive eating or cornhole? Have you seen that? You know, <laughs> I was throw, they should throw the bags of wheat in the small hole or, you know, horseshoe or axe throwing. These really illegitimate, quote-unquote, sports yes. tend to take themselves... On the surface, it feels like they're taking themselves too seriously, but at the same time, it feels like they know it's a piss take. Yes. And the doco had that weird vibe where you're like, they get that it's stupid, but they're treating it very seriously. Well, it's still a pursuit, isn't it? I mean, you've still got to do it, and you've still got to be better than the, the next guy. They're really straddling the line between, yeah, it's ridiculous, but check it out. I just want to know... I want to know what Joey Chestnut's worth. I mean, if he comes out and he wins the hot dog eating competition every single year. Well, well, this is it. Joey Chestnut didn't just go head-to-head with Kobayashi eating hot dogs. They ate all sorts. They ate pastas. They ate little pizzas, little burgers, everything. They'll eat. You put it in front of them, they'll eat it. Yeah. Competitively. Sounds like Timbo (laughs) (laughs) pre-pod. He did just come in and slam down. How many? Four or five? There was three. There was three. Three slices? Yeah. Okay. Wasn't that bad? But any, any caramella koalas? Uh, one. There's <laughs> <laughs> a ball. Uh, but yeah, so it's called the Good, the Bad, the Hungry, um, and it goes for about I think it's eighty odd minutes. And like it's 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 not an essential thirty for thirty. It's a curiosity and it's an interesting sort of watch. You sit there and for me, having um, been in New York 
the day that he beat Kobayashi and ESPN ran it and he's an American hero and they played up to it a bit. And you sort of, it, for me, it has this, there's a level of nostalgia to, yeah, I remember watching this and just being completely miffed as to how seriously and what was happening and what was happening. And this guy's the, the hero and, oh, he's going to take down our Japanese foe. And it was just bizarre at the time. I reckon so, I watched it. So to catch up with it, how 12 years later, Joey Chestnut's undefeated at Coney Island since. There you go. Um, but, it's a, yeah, it's an interesting watch. If you, I wouldn't necessarily hunt it down, but if you come across it... Well, I've set it to tape already. Yeah, 17th? I, 17th, yeah. yeah, yeah so next what? Wednesday didn't or whatever. It, I, I don't I, know. Didn't it play on the 4th or the 5th? Yeah. Uh, weird. But it's, I'll be interested to get your thoughts. It's a cool... But so, so thank you to, uh, to John for pointing me in the right direction of that and uh, checking it out so I could watch it. I was looking forward to doing so. Um what did we like from the weekend just gone or the week just gone? Does anyone have anything they liked? I liked Will Setterfield. We're probably going to touch on that later. Yeah, we, we, get into we can. We can. No, just he's a player. He's a player that I've been looking for output in, and he he showed he showed a different skill set to what he'd had before. And you thought, okay, he yeah. probably he could have and ended up with more. He probably could have kicked six. Just a little bit more poise. Anything from you, Fabian? Can I come with something I didn't like? Absolutely. Um, game management from the Maroons. In yeah. the final Ooh, minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. like I said to you, you guys last night, you're going to the cricket. I know nothing, and I know I probably know even less about rugby league. But 79th minute, you've got the ball. Now I know. Look, I don't know if a 30 yarder is, or 30 meters is is far for a drop kick, but you miss, and the worst thing that happens is New South Wales get the ball, and you're set up. And time's probably going to run out. Why not have a crack? Instead, he bombs it high for nothing. And New South Wales run it down the other end for a try. What's? But they conceded three tackles first, so the ball was still on their 30-metre line. Um, and at that point, you thought, well, New South Wales can't win. They've got the footy, but they can't win because Queensland's there and they're ready to, to defend. And, and New South Wales, to their, their benefit, they threw it wide and sort of you know just asked the question... Um, and there was just there just it, it, bodies it was, where they needed to be. It was the worst minute of rugby league that could have been played ever. Yeah. Am I naive in saying once again, no expert, barely watch rugby league? But am I naive in thinking that it's one of the most undercoached games in the world? It's just a bit of a wait and see how things go. Will it feels like there's not a lot you can do necessarily tactically. But what Fabian says is right. I've always got this thing: when you get to the fifth tack, sixth tackle, you obviously got a kick. Why don't they just go for drop goals more often? Particularly, not all the time, but if, if I've got a converted try lead or if I'm behind a converted try, just disrupt the scoring. Kick a point and that way you've got the score you need to win. Well, if you kick the point, the opposition has to kick it off back to you. So you get the well, ball back. Well, the, more to the reason. Why don't they yeah. do it more often? Well, I, I it's not like it's a, a place kick in, um, in NFL where... They're um, they're scoring more goals. It's because it's a it's a bigger fatter ball. I know. And, I understand. And I reckon they I reckon they're just not as accurate with it. They're but not, if you if it's but you, you train that skill. If you're twenty meters, you should out, be better. If yeah. you're twenty meters out directly in front, what is yeah. the percentage of lobbing the ball up to the corner? How often do you win it, get it back, catch it, whatever? It'd be pretty low percentage wise. Oh, yeah, but it, look, it and rugby union one of the big skills yardage. in it is yeah it's yardage and it's and it's ground position you know position on the ground and 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 making it hard for the opposition and having a 
having a being able to defend. Um, I mean, they're always better inside their own twenty. Like when when mm. somebody's trying to attack your line, you've always got everybody set up. Everybody's on their game because you know you miss it. You miss you miss a tackle, you can see the try. So I think they're they're more focused on defence. The closer to their own line that they are, whereas further at the other uh, at the other end of the ground, they're probably not as desperate because you still think, oh well, you know, they've got another eighty yards to go. Yeah, we just got to hem them in. I just reckon, like I said, just to disrupt the actual situation on the scoreboard. You sit there and go, well, we lead by six. If we can convert our short field goal, drop goal, we lead by seven and we get the ball. Yeah. Go, well, that means they need to score. Well, and, and a- further, if if you have the shot and you miss, the ball goes dead in the end zone. Yeah, whatever. And so then they're bringing the ball out to the 20-yard line and just, you know, it's a, a touch the ball on your foot play on from that point. It just seems so point. bizarre. Yeah. yeah. But in the end, obviously, a sensational finish to... Um, would have been a pretty good series, you know. Obviously, Queensland were excellent in Game One. New South Wales were excellent in Game Two. Game Three was looking like it was all um, sky blue, and then home came the maroon freight train, and and looked like they were almost going to nail it. And they just wriggled out, and yeah. So, congratulations to New South Wales. Fab won't like to hear that for some reason. I don't know why he gives a shit. I don't give a shit, but I just I prefer Queensland to win. I don't understand why anyone. Like cares. in all sports, it's just you got if you have. If you pick a team, so I don't mind it doesn't have to, have to be for a reason. You pick a team, it's just as a complete you're more utter, emotionally attached. As a complete and utter neutral, I was just over Queensland winning. I went for I was going for India last night. It's just just it's you know when you watch something, you just you tend to go for a team. Oh, you do, yeah. And there's games where and we've all done it. Not well, me, probably Tim and I, probably not Sean, but you find yourself then once one team hits the front, you kind of switch teams. Absolutely, you go for the other team. So. Mm. You just get emotionally invested into like, something. Like, like an Anzac Day game. You sit there and you're going, I don't care who wins. Mm. And you'll sort of go in and you'll usually go whoever the underdog is and you'll start barracking for one team. And if they're doing well, all of a sudden you're going, you know what, I want this other mob to nah. get back into it. Uh, it sounds weird, but I'm, I'm a Collingwood fan for, for, for the day. Well, you've got a wife who's a Collingwood supporter, so you have to be. Yeah. Nah. God. Jesus. I wouldn't care if the game was called off. Um, <laughs> what I like this and week. And no points awarded. No, nah, no points. What I like this week, I fell down the YouTube rabbit hole, Fab. Oh, I've done the Wikipedia rabbit hole. I've done the, forgot what I was Wikipediaing to start with. Just links and links and links. I've done the YouTube rabbit hole, Timbo, this week with that was the season that was. Oh, you did mention that on an oh, SMS, yeah. Oh, it's so good. I've been sort of picking off year by year by year. Someone's uploaded quite a few of them. Oh, they're so good to watch. And, and is footy better then than it is now? I said to Fab, you know what it is? It's not that it's better necessarily, but one of the great joys is a, f- a highlight will flash up and they'll go through the season and you find yourself for a split second going, oh, where is it? You know, no, it's Waverley or Witten Oval or Princess Park or Windy Hill or the MCG or the Wacker or Subiaco or whatever. And you go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know where this is. Just a split second, you go, oh, yeah, okay. You find yourself looking now if it happened, you just go, one of five joints. They all look the same. It's just boring. Oh, I'm hearing you. Does that I'm mean Australia? Oh, the Fitzroy Australia are batting. Australia's won the toss and a batting. Well, and this is what I wanted to say. So I came in, uh, you know, doing a, doing a bit of work now at uh, MGA Traffic, and uh, we chucked. What, what do they do? Everything, <laughs> everything. What, whatever you want them to do: waste management, green plans, everything. Um, green plans, <laughs> green travel it. plans, love it. Um, we chucked on uh, the decade that delivered. Yep. Which is terrific. And the reason I watched that and the reason I got into that is obviously... During lunch. During lunch. The reason... <laughs> Just clarify. We had an opportunity. I thought, we're coming to the end of a decade now. Will they do something like this? 
Probably not, because that just takes time. That takes effort. They didn't do it in the previous decade They didn't decade do it either. in the previous decade either. And you sit there going, why wouldn't you do A? Why have they stopped doing that was the season that was. It's ridiculous. Because it was a bit of a Drew Morfitt special, wasn't it? Or was it Sandy going, Roberts as Sandy well? Sandy Roberts did it. Bruce did it for a little bit. But you, you sit there and you go, grand final night, part of the marathon, Fox footy. Dude, that was the season that was. Well, it's a good celebration of the year, it's isn't fantastic. it? Because p- particularly like... And all you need to do is cut all the highlights that are presented on Brownlow night. No, you don't even do that. Together. You, just, you don't even do that. The weekend just passed. On a Tuesday or a Wednesday, someone just cuts them up into a five-minute, four-minute clip. Yeah. And I, I just reckon... Carlton, you know, Carlton made a late uh, dash on... Blah, blah. It's pretty easy. Yeah. Falling just short, blah, blah, blah. It's, you know, uh, Jaden Hunt stole, you know, broke Blue's hearts in the last minutes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They couldn't repeat the heroics of last week. It's pretty easy. You yeah, just wrap yeah. it all there, up. There's and... a narrative behind it that you can sort of keep it streaming along, can't you? But the one thing I did love about it was there was one, I think it was 96 or 97. It's not important what year. But how the football media has changed. They opened the broadcast going through little, you know, little topics, hitting little topics, great comebacks, great moments, blah, blah, blah. And then they did, you know, players who are excellent performers this year. And then they did players who underperformed and they sniped guys. Wow. Um, Mike Sheehan retired Gavin Brown. He just goes, oh, go, Gavin Brown, because he'd, he'd want to perform a lot better. You know, he basically said he should retire. Wow. Bruce McAvaney was just finishing people's careers, just going, he was no good. And then um, <laughs> they were talking about Simon Mitten Connell, and um, Mike Sheehan dismissively goes, he's, he's, look, he's a 70 goal forward at best. <laughs> so take one of them now. <laughs> I know it's a different game. But Simon's been, oh, God, just, you know, maybe you'll get 70 goals out of him. How, how are the Fitzroy highlights? Fitzroy highlights are amazing. And we need to sit Pete Molinas down. Shout out to Pete. Watching old oh. flashback videos. You know, and Sean, we were discussing this today. Oh, that brilliant. When we talk Carlton, or all fans talk their side, you reminisce, oh, you remember that game against <laughs> Adelaide. The champions. With- you know, Sos goes forward and, you know, we come back and we win or this yeah. happens and we win or he, he took this mark and he'd like, Pete's got all the same stories but they're just downtrodden, downtrodden, depressing. We played great and we only got Pete. No, 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 I remember that game. No. We were there. We lost by 150 points. It's not even that. It's, it's I remember that. Your dad and I, we got the train down at Geelong and we lost by 15 goals. Ablett kicked 12. <laughs> All the highlights are like the other team. Yeah, yeah. he talks. Like, yeah, he talks so, but he loves it. He talks oh. so affectionately about the eighties and nineties Lions. It's just it's a throwaway. The triple premiership Lions are a throwaway. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. He celebrates. Is it Anthony or Andrew <laughs> Mellington? He, he celebrates Anthony Mellington's six goals against the Dockers in ninety six. Yeah, it's they're, up. There, it's up there with Acker's snap. Their only win of the season. <laughs> Mellington kicked six. They rushed the field at their last win. He was there. He was there. He, he was there. Fantastic. He, he told the story that he he's, was it his brother, his brother and his dad. They they got separated. They all rushed the field. They got <laughs> separated and just had to meet back at the car. Pre pre mobile photos. Yeah. Yeah. But but and what I love about it, and it's going to flow onto my next bugbear, my next topic in in just a moment is, and I love that Pete loves it. I, I look at the way he talks about it is the way all all fans, you know, passionate fans talk about their team and what that team means to them. And even though Fitzroy were no good, they went out of business. They were ordinary. Like. We're watching this decade that delivered. He, In my head, I've got Pete's voice going, we're okay, 93. Because <laughs> that's what he would have said. But like, but Doc Wilder, Doc Wilder, terrific player. But he, he'll say something like, we'll be watching the decade that delivered and there'll be a highlight of Lynchy, Alistair Lynch, and he'll be like, oh, I love Lynchy. Lynchy, great player. Oh, Ruzy, awesome. Ruzy. They don't spite 
anyone that left them. Yeah. Love Richard Osborne. Oh, Aussie. Loved Aussie. They but, loved but, them But Fitzroy all. was a different case, though, too. Like, anybody that left Fitzroy no, was, was they, leaving because they were either selling them to stay afloat. Exactly. Or, or a bloke was getting paid three times as much exactly. as what he and, was at and Fitzroy. Pete no and one the, begrudged them. But Pete and other Fitzroy fans don't sit there, you're Judas, whatever. He goes, oh, no, we watched them because we enjoyed, like, we like watching them. Like, he goes, oh, you'd, you'd watch Lynchy play and you were just supporting that player. Yeah. Or you'd watch Ruzi. He goes, yeah, no, it was good. And I, but what I love about it is, I said that passion that he has for the team, and that passion that a lot of Fitzroy fans have for their team, and it flows on into this. You know, our first sort of proper topic of uh, oh, the other thing I watched was Year of the Dog, which was how good is that? Have outs- you seen it before? Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, good. Outs- is that the spew up one? Yeah, and yeah. we'll see you back at the social club. Yeah, <laughs> it's like just I don't understand why more teams don't do a retrospective yeah. each year. I don't get it, but. Pete's passion for his team, Pete's love of his team, you know, it's something that we have for Carlton. It's something that everyone you know who loves footy has for their team. And this past week, somewhat belatedly, but I'm pleased that it's on the agenda, is draft reform. Yep. It started on Friday night. Um,